You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. Hello and welcome to Recruiting and Retaining Quality Employees, a Washington Hospitality Association webinar. I am Lisa Leinberger with the Washington Hospitality Association. And before we introduce our guest, we'd like to give a big thank you to Group Purchasing Solutions for sponsoring today's webinar. If you would like more information on group purchasing, we have a link in the show notes and you can check it out there. Today, we are proud to welcome Susan Sturholm, the owner and president of All Things HR. This is a great time to let you know that All Things HR is a member of the Washington Hospitality Advisory Network. If you are a member of the Washington Hospitality Association, you can get a free 30-minute consultation with All Things HR. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to your territory manager. We will also have a copy of today's presentation slides in the show notes. And now here is Susan. Welcome. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And uh, pleasure to be here with you all today. Um, today, I'm going to talk to you about how to recruit great employees and how to keep them. Um, just as an FYI, we are recording this on October 18th, Tuesday, October 18th. I think this being made public on Wednesday, October 26th. So some of my information I'll be sharing with you uh, might not be as updated as I had hoped just based on the date that we're recording this. But without further ado, first of all, there's me, Susan Sturholm. I'm the president and uh, owner of All Things HR. We're an outsourced human resource management firm that's located in Linwood, Washington. And we provide outsourced human resource management services to small and big type of organizations, regardless of the industry. Although we do a lot of work with hospitality, restaurants, hospitality, hotels, all that. And uh, again, it's just our, our pleasure to be with Washington Hospitality, Hospitality Association. I'll talk a little bit about the services that we can offer to you at the very, very end of this presentation. But first of all, let's start with what I know is a burning question for all of you. And that is, and it's for everyone. It's just not those in the hospitality realm. It is everyone is, why is it so hard to recruit and hire people right now? It is the big question. It's the big mystery, right? Well, definitely what I want to do is just confirm for you that we have statistics that prove it's been hard to recruit. So my statistics that I have as of today, as of October 18th, are for the end of August. Uh, believe it or not, tomorrow, the 19th, is when the September figures should come out for, from Employment Security Department. So my apologies that they're not as updated as they should be. But what we know as of August is that in Washington State for August, our unemployment rate was at 3.7%. And uh, in compared to where we were in 2019 before the pandemic, which was 4.2%. Both of those are painful numbers and I'll come back and explain that to you in just a second. Uh, when you look at the United States, uh, the United States for August also had an unemployment rate of 3.7% compared to where in 2019, also 3.7%. So what those numbers are telling me is definitely the pandemic is over from a hiring standpoint. And we are back to where we were before the pandemic, if not even a little bit more challenging. So again, I promised you I would share what these numbers mean. 
Um, here's another um, look at our state. Um, and it is the unemployment rates by county. This is very, very important. These are not seasonally adjusted numbers. This also, this graph, this, this map comes out at the end of each month with updated figures. Again, we're dealing with August numbers um, where we're looking at the state uh, being at a 3.7%. That's adjusted, seasonally adjusted. Non-adjusted, uh, it was a 4.1%. But something to be mindful of, okay, in the recruiting world, recruiters like to see an unemployment rate of about 5%, okay? 5% means that there's a candidate pool to work from, right? That, that we're, we're working at a, a, a good pace, um, that, you know, turnover is not that high or not, you know, it's, it's right where we want it to be. So 5% is where, 5 to even 6% is where recruiters want to see the unemployment rate at. Granted, politicians want to see something different, but that's from a recruiting standpoint. It means, ah, I have enough pool, talent pool to pull from. So look at this. Look at our lovely little state and the unemployment rates per county. Um, look at Snohomish County at a 3.4% and King County at 3.0%, okay? That means, you know, again, I was using that 5% number as a, as a good unemployment number for a talent pool. It means we don't have the talent pool to pull from. So if you're struggling, this is the reason why. This really, you know, ver ver validates your struggle. And hopefully we'll see it change. I'm looking forward to seeing what the numbers come out and say yes from, from tomorrow. You know, it also will tell us if we're heading towards some type of recession uh, the, the higher those numbers go, those percentages really, you know, indicates if a recession is coming. So something to keep your eye on. Now, the other big question is what happened to all the workers, right? And again, technically, it's still a mystery. We're still trying to figure this all out. But we have some good guesses, if you will. Okay. Um, first of all, obviously, we all know people took the pandemic, they were home, they were working from home, if they could work from home. If not, they were on the unemployment, uh, the COVID, you know, plan uh, that allowed us all to have a little extra cash from an unemployment standpoint. And so, you know, that was a great gift we all received from our government, but it certainly put people in a different mindset. And they really reprioritized, right? They had an opportunity to reprioritize um, you know, what was going on in their life. Um, many people chose to just focus on a more work-life balance, right? Therefore, they're asking for more of a hybrid schedule. They want to work from home. They want to, you know, only go into the office a couple of days a week and then, you know, work from home, the balance of that. That work from home is really driving what workers are wanting. They also want flexibility, right? They want lots of flexibility in order to do their job. Uh, again, it ties into work-life balance. Um, they want to spend more time with their kids. They want to be there at home with their kids to do their homework. Um, that flexibility is everything to them. We also see a huge increase in the gig economy. A lot of workers are wanting to go out and do their own thing, do something different. And so we see the gig economy really seeing an uptick 
and the amount of people that are starting their own consulting business. They're, they're doing, um, you know, a lot of uh, contractor, independent contractor work. Um, and uh, really trying to to do something different in in what the, it is that they're they're wanting to achieve with their careers. They definitely want better wages, you know. Definitely, we think we've all heard that loud and clear. Um, we have an aging workforce, you know. Um, so a lot of people have chosen to retire, maybe a little bit earlier. And and this is something we knew. We knew we would have a problem with the workers. I remember going to HR conferences about 10, 15 years ago. Um, even, you know, actually in 2000, they were saying there would be a big change. Um, you know, that as the baby boomers aged and got into retirement years, that we would see a big, big change in workers, the workforce. And now we're there. Now we're seeing it. It came a little bit earlier because of the pandemic, but we're there. Um, and we're probably, this is going to be the new normal for us as well. Um, another reason for, you know, again, what happened to all the workers, um, studies have found that for a lot of couples, one spouse made enough money that they could make ends meet and be able to achieve their work-life balance that they wanted. So couples that have a spouse that, you know, or a significant other that makes more money and allows the other individual to stay home and, and take care of the kids, um, they're making things work that way. Again, priorities have just changed in the last few years, and it's something for us as employers and managers to be very much aware of, okay? Now, all that, especially the work from home, the hybrid, the flexibility, that has its own particular challenges for for hospitality because you know heavens you you can't work from home if you are a a server if you are a a waiter you can't do that from home you know uh you can't be a front desk person who works from home if you work in a hotel it doesn't work but maybe the flexibility is something that you can work with and we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a little bit so the other big question is, what are the toughest hiring challenges that employers are seeing for the 2022-2023? Um, what are they? So let's kind of talk about that. Um, the great resignation, it's, it's still happening. It's still occurring. Um, it, it's slowing down a little bit, but we still have a lot of workers out there with the idea that the grass is greener on the other side and they are definitely moving jobs and they're moving industries um, with with just a little bit of hope of making a little bit more money and having a little bit more flexibility at another place of business and again it doesn't even have to be within their industry that they've had experience and as you guys all know you know, when you're trying hard to recruit people and you don't have a lot of candidates to choose from, uh, definitely the opportunities have opened for candidates wanting to make moves and trying something different, okay? Um, there's that growing divide, okay? Um, where, you know, workers, they're just wanting higher salaries, more flexibility, but companies are still not wanting to budge. So you got the companies that are willing to make changes and do things different and really ask their employees what's important to them. 
And then you have the other companies that are not. They're, they're kind of standing firm in the ground and they're not wanting to change. Those are the companies that are going to have the toughest times because they're just not, they're not being realistic. They're trying to control um, a workforce that's not going to be controlled. Uh, they pretty much, the, the workforce has pretty much told us just that. Um, changes with expectations. Um, really, truly, our employees are wanting us to all be trying to achieve a great place to work. And what does that look like for each and every employee? Um, you know, job duty changes, you know, are there other growth opportunities? Are they learning do new and different things? Um, that, that expectation has greatly increased with our workers. Um, they're wanting more for their jobs. And uh, we as employers, as managers, we really need to be making time to find out with each and every employee what that means to them. What are they looking for? What are they wanting from us? The other big focus and tough challenge is retaining top performers. You know, um, you know, we, we don't want them to leave. We absolutely do not want them to leave. And we need to be bending over backwards to figure out how we get them to stay. And one of the things I'll talk about here in a little bit is that we really should be doing stay interviews with all our employees, find out what it is that they're wanting, what they're needing, what their challenges are. Um, challenges are in the workforce, but also challenge that they're having at home. And how can we as managers and employers help them through these challenging times, right? This is the time that we need to tell our employees we care about them, not just as workers, but as people. And we acknowledge that it's, you know, gosh, it's challenging times out there and we want to provide them with the, the most resources and the most support we can. Um, low wages are still a problem. So the, the more competitive companies are out there and they're making wage adjustments and you have some companies that are ahead of the game. Again, I know for those of you who are listening to this, you're part of, you know, the hospitality industry, which is great, wonderful, but understand that the Microsofts and the Amazons and the Starbucks of the world, um, well, and actually it's probably more Amazon and, 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 and uh, Microsoft and, and other types of tech companies, you know, they, they have that money that they can put into wages and benefits. And that's what's attracting people away to work for those organizations. So how, I mean, you, a real challenge for every employer, myself included, is how do you go about uh, paying a competitive wage in this environment and still make a profit? And that's the big, big question for you. But um, I highly recommend that you are working with your CFO, your, your CPA, your accountant, to figure out how you can be the most competitive as possible. And I know we're all dealing with, you know, very small profit margins. I get it, but it's going to have to be a change we all make um, and adjust uh, if we want to retain our top performers and attract the best and the brightest. So again, things to think about. Now, the next question I want to discuss with you, and it's the one that I'm sure you've been listening to and want to know what the secrets to is how do you recruit great employees and how do you keep them? So, so let's talk about that. And, um, and please know that I, I, I wish I had some secret sauce to share with you. 
I, I have a lot of different ideas and recommendations. Um, you know, even for companies to do it all right, they still are seeing that that turnover, that challenge. Because again, for a lot of candidates, the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, and that's going to happen. But hopefully with what I'm going to suggest to you, some ideas, hopefully we'll bring down that turnover for you so people will choose to stay with you. Most importantly, they'll choose to stay with you because you are going to be known as an employer of choice, which we'll talk about here in just a few seconds. Um, so I would say first and foremost, what you need to do is take a look at your employee roster and really identify who your best employees are. You probably have already done that. Every good manager has done this, but I would really go through and highlight who your best employees are. Who should they should they leave your employment? Who would hurt the most, right? And, and maybe have a potential of taking other employees with them, right? So make sure you identify those employees first and foremost, okay? Um, and then with that, what you wanna do, and I said this a little bit earlier, is I really recommend you have regular stay interviews with your employees. And this is something you would do for all employees, but with a particular focus on your best ones that you want to retain, right? And so what do you talk about in a stay interview, okay? Um, really, truly separate this out from a one-on-one -on -one where you're talking about their performance um, and giving them feedback. This is separate and apart. This is you sitting down with them and asking them how they're doing right? How's the schedule working for them? How about those benefits? You know, is there anything from a benefit standpoint that we're missing that maybe we could consider, you know, putting into our benefit package? What about the training opportunities? Where, where are they wanting training? You know, if they're in hospitality, what is it that they want to, to learn? Where do they want to aspire to, right? How do they want to be better in the job that they're performing? And that's a question that you ask every single individual, as well as promotion opportunities. Do they want to be promoted? And if so, into what position? And now's not the time to say, ah, you know, I don't see you in that role. That don't, don't shoot down people's dreams. What you want to do is hear about those dreams. Why? Why is that a dream? Why is that an ambition and something they're striving to do? What is it that they're attracted to in this particular opportunity? And, and really ask what it is that you can do to help them achieve that, that position. Um, it might be that they're sharing with you that they're here in this job uh, to get through college or until an opportunity at, you know, one of the big tech companies open up, you know, that needs to be okay. That, that needs to be something that you're okay with and that you are, you know what, hey, get it. That's where you're going. You know, so if we get you for the next two or three years, you know what, that's fine. And, and you know, we're going to make, we're going to make this, you know, a, a, a good fit for both of us for the time that you're with us. Um, and, and that person might not just be with you for two years. It might be five years or so. Who knows, right? But let them know that you're behind them and what their aspirations are and their goals are, whether they're related to your industry, to your business or not. Um, those are the employees. That's how you gain loyalty with those employees. And that's how you get those employees to stay around a little bit longer and recommend friends, um, you know, to this place of business. 
I would also recommend you survey your employees, right? Um, it's harder when you're do when you have five employees, six employees. That's a harder survey to conduct. And actually, that's you know one of the services that we offer our clients is survey employees. But the larger of your employee population, this is important to do at least annually, where you're surveying your employees on you know their feedback about the company. What are their likes? What are their dislikes? What are their recommendations for change? You know, what are their toughest challenges that they face in the job that they perform for you? Okay. Um, again, what would they change? You know, what would they keep? And then what about management? Uh, most times employees leave companies because of their manager and how they're managed. So I highly recommend that you, you know, develop the philosophy of conducting 360 degree reviews on management. Um, and that would be something separate from an employee satisfaction survey or employee culture survey. That would be something that you would do separately um, and uh, provide that information and feedback to the various managers on your team. But um, it's, 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 it's no, it, it is totally true. It's not a myth that most employees leave because of their manager, how their manager treats them, how they talk to them. How, you know, they come across condescending, they come across too demanding, you know, they're not interested in them as a person. Um, this is all common feedback that we will hear from employees that will encourage employees to go look other other places for employment. Okay. The other thing you want to do is assess your culture. What type of culture do you have? There is so much going on with company cultures, right? You know, DEI has really shed the light uh, for many employers on their culture and what they need to do differently. Um, perhaps you need to do some education with your team on what DEI is, diversity, equity, and inclusion. What does that mean? What does it look like? What does it look like here at this organization? Okay. Again, you're going to want to address management. Do we have a good management team? You might think so. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the employees think so. They can have a di totally different perception of management um, than you do. Um, and so make sure that you are connected to what the average employee thinks and feels about the person who's managing them. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's an important question to ask is, do they like working with one another? You know, do they like their coworkers? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. One of the most the best things usually about coming into an office or a place of business for the average employee is the people they work with. They look forward to being with the people they work with. They're fun. They're worth a good laugh. Um, they can count on them. They do things, you know, on the off, off, um, off hours with them. So making sure you have a good understanding of people like each other and like working with each other is incredibly important on how that rolls up into the perception of culture that you have at your organization, okay? Do you have an employee appreciation program? I find that a lot of companies miss this. A lot of companies, including my own, I need to do better with this at my own company. Um, but, you know, employees, they, they need that. So do you acknowledge birthdays? Do you acknowledge anniversaries, right? And you would do this with, of course, your employee's permission. 
but anniversaries of employment, oh my gosh, you've been here a year, two years, you know, celebrate that, thank them for that. Um, you know, do you have, you know, certain types of, you know, employee of the month, maybe, you know, a, a kudos, you know, program in place. There's so many things that you can do for you to recognize your employees for job well done and for their commitment, but also for employees to do for one another. Okay. So think about that. Go back and reassess that. You want to make sure you're creating a culture that everybody can be proud of, not just you, but everyone. And you got to survey your employees. You got to ask your employees what that looks like to them, for them to be proud of a place of business and that the place in which they work. What, what needs to happen? What does that look like? It's a fair question to ask. Um, you want to make sure that you're offering the right perks and incentives, right? A number of you that have, you know, they're in a restaurant business, you probably offer free meals, free drinks, right? Um, you know, and you can hopefully are, are putting that with some type of tasting and sampling for employees uh, in regards to the menu you offer. Um, that's good education. That's just good, you know, guest service too. Um, do you have swag? Do you have swag that you can offer employees to promote your services? And don't always think, you know, swag to wear at work, but swag to wear on the off hours too, you know, sweatshirts, t-shirts, you know. What, what would an employee like? Um, again, you know, you might be a very upscale restaurant, um, but people could use a sweatshirt from time to time. And that's just free advertising for you. Plus, you know, if the employee is proud to work for you, they're going to wear it and it, it, you can get employee referrals that way too. So think about that. Holiday parties, any type of holiday parties, celebrations, you know, those things are important. Um, we find that the, you know, the typical end of the year, first of the year holiday por party is very employee, um, uh, important to employees. Um, also like 4th of July or, you know, family get togethers, things like that. Um, you know, usually employees are wanting at least two or three of those occasions a year. Find out what they are. And again, the focus is what does the employee want? Not what you want, but what does the employee want? What's going to make them happy? Okay. And then let's talk about flexibility. And I know it's very hard in the hospitality business to offer flexibility, but really take an opportunity and brainstorm with your managers of what that could look like. Okay. Um, is there any way that employees can have two days off in a row? Is there any way that you can give them um, Friday nights off or Saturday Sundays off or something like that? Uh, when I when I go back to retail a long, long time ago, um, I was a, a department manager for Frederick and Nelson way, 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 way back in the day. And that was what my staff wanted is to have, you know, a weekend off, if not once a month, every other month. And it was on a rotation system that they could count on. So they didn't have to ask for that off. They knew that they always had the, the third Saturday and Sunday off each month or every other month. And that, that added incredible value to working at the organization. And, um, and they were grateful for that. So think outside the box, get your managers together and brainstorm. And don't be so quick to say, ah, that won't work. Say, okay, we could do it. 
But what are the challenges? If we do put this type of rotating, flexible scheduling into place, what are the challenges and how do we overcome those challenges? So go through that process of that discussion before you say, no, it's not going to work because you never know what you might find. And I can tell you, this flexibility issue is huge. And it's probably the one that if you, uh, at your company, whether it's restaurants, whether it's a hotel, if you can offer some type of flexibility, some type of rotating schedule where they can have this weekend off or a Friday off every, you know, like I said, every other month or whatever, I think that will be a big, huge selling tool to one, retaining employees, but also recruiting. So let's move on to recruiting. What does that look like? Okay. First of all, make your job ads interesting. Uh, we find that so many of the companies that we work with, regardless of industry, they do not do a good job on, the jo on their job ads. They just do not do a good job. They are posting job descriptions, not job ads, or they're just placing a blurb, or they're not selling why a candidate would want to come work for this organization. This is where the perks, this is where the flexibility comes in and how you attract people. So make sure you're putting time into putting a good job ad together and that you're posting in the right place. And how do you know where the right place is to post? Ask your staff. You know, definitely ask your staff um, and uh, and see what they would recommend. Um, and remember, come January 1st, it's going to be required in Washington state that employers include a wage scale or salary range in all your job postings, uh, along with benefit and other compensation. So that's going to be a requirement as of January 1. And so start thinking now how you want your job ads to look. Um, the other thing that's going to be helpful, and I'll talk about this in just a little bit, but the other thing that's going to be helpful is you're going to be able to see how competitive you are with other like organizations. Um, and that definitely is something you should be thinking about and assigning to an HR manager, assistant manager. I, I don't know how big your organizations are, but you're going to want somebody to be looking at job ads for your competitors on a regular basis to see if you're paying competitively very, very important to do item for 2023. Okay. The other thing that I would recommend is that you're scheduling your interviews quickly. Okay. Uh, and are they zoom? What we're finding most employers doing is they're doing a quick zoom interview um, and then bringing them in for an in-person interview. I definitely would not just go ahead and hire somebody via a Zoom interview. That I would not do. I definitely want somebody to come in and meet me in person. So plan on at least two interviews, but you're going to have to move quickly. Okay. And maybe there's two people doing these interviews, you know, an assistant uh, who does the initial screening interview uh, via Zoom. And then, of course, you meet in person. Um, but again, different companies, different facilities, different structures in management and uh, support structure. Um, make sure you're conducting a two-way interview. I can tell you one of the biggest mistakes we see managers in all industries, what the biggest mistake they make is the interview is goes one way. Tell me about yourself. You know, what are you looking for? How much do you want to make? Um, 
you know, they're, they're, or actually they're telling them actually is, excuse me, I, I needed to go the other way around. Employers are telling employees, here's what you're going to make. Here's what your schedule is going to be, you know, and they're asking questions that as a, uh, as what the employer is interested in. They forget to really engage the candidate and asking them about themselves, their background, you know, what was their favorite job? What was their least favorite job? Why was it their favorite job or least favorite job? What about asking, tell me about your favorite manager, your least favorite manager. Why were they your favorite manager? Why were they the, your least favorite manager? Those questions really help you understand the person that you're hiring and helps you determine if they're going to be a good fit for your organization. Very, very important that those questions are being asked. And we find that managers don't ask. Anytime I hear that a manager has had a 15-minute conversation with somebody and they hired them, I cringe because I know they really didn't put a lot of effort into the interview. And what you put into it is what you get out of it. Okay. Um, but make sure, you know, you understand what it is that the candidate needs. This is so important. Okay. And then I think you need to be transparent with the candidate on what life is like in your organization, in your company, in your restaurant, you know, what is, what is the good, the bad, and the challenges that they need to be aware of. Okay. Um, the other thing is being able to how do you determine if a person is somebody who wants to serve the people who really want to take care of others, the people who really want to serve, they are the ones that you want to hire for the hospitality industry, right? And maybe some of you have some really great questions um, that you're able to ask or conversations you're able to ask uh, and have with a candidate so you can determine that. But a lot of it is asking people about how they, what they like best and what they've done in their previous jobs. And, you know, asking them for a time, share a time in which they were proud of something they did for a guest. And what was it that they did for that guest? And what do they want to do more of? You know, have them describe what a perfect day looks like. You know, the best day ever in your previous, you know, place of employment, what did that look like? Um, what did you do to make it such a great day? And hopefully that you'll hear a theme of service, something service related. Um, the other thing I would recommend is involving your staff in the hiring process. Maybe, and this is something that you can do as a form of reward for your top performers, but I would choose, you know, two or three of your top performers and have them be part of the interview process. They would actually have a separate interview, separate and apart. Um, from you being involved, you would give them a list of questions because we want to make sure that these individuals are asking the right legal, you know, legal questions of the candidates, but have them involved and have them be transparent in regards to the good, the bad, and the challenges of this organization. Um, I find with that transparency, um, most candidates will either self-eject, which is what you want, or they're going to be totally on board and so impressed that you actually allowed your staff to share this information and that they were part of the hiring process. Also, for the current staff, for your top top performers, it gives them buy-in, you know, which that buy-in really helps with 
them, when you do bring the candidate board, it's setting that candidate for success. If they have the buy-in of, you know, your best and the brightest that are already there. The other thing that I would recommend is a strong employee referral problem. What I mean by a strong employee referral program is that it's, it's well-written, it's simple, but that it pays out a good amount of money and a good amount of money looks different to various people, but it could be, you know what, you get $200 for making the referral, $200 when we hire that candidate, and then $200 if that person makes it past 90 days or, or you know, six months or something like that. I've seen employee referral programs that kind of carry out the first year of that employee's experience so that an employee could make up to $2,000 off of a referral simply because one, they made the referral, the person got hired, they made it through their 30 days, their 60 days, their 90 days, their six months, and their one year anniversary. They got paid, you know, $200 or $300 each time that occurred. That really made that individual, that current employee invested in the success of the person they referred. And they got rewarded financially for it. I know that's expensive, but I would rather put my money into doing that than I would actually a job ad. Or if you're using employment agencies, I would much rather put that money into my own employees than using an employment agency. Um, I'm going to get a better return. And I believe in the long run, a better candidate. Something to think about. I feel like we've talked about that flexibility and rotating schedules already, but it's something to be mindful of, something to put in place. And, and again, it's, it's, it's actually getting, you know, you get every, you know, second weekend of the month or whatever, but put something there that they can count on every month. Not that we'll try. We, we will try to give you that off doesn't work. It's something that actually you can schedule for. Okay. Um, I know this is another tough one, but it's something to think about. And again, I, I would get together with your, your most senior staff. I would get together with obviously the management team and really think about your tipping policy. Does the tipping policy still work for you? Does it encourage a group, um, a team success, or does it, you know, is it encouraging the individual success? Um, we find that a lot more people are now wanting some type of like either a no tipping policy, which means that their wages are higher because you've put this, you've built the tip into your pricing. So you're able to pay them a higher wage or you know what? It's a flat percentage on the bill. Um, we've seen a lot of success with hiring candidates that don't have to worry about that tip, that individual success amount. And it has to do with counting on um, a certain salary, a certain amount of money every time they work instead of that fluctuating. Yeah, I could make up to this amount of money, but if it's slow, I'm going to make this amount. Think about it. You know, I, I hey, an, an ex-waitress um, used to, to serve in a, a, a steakhouse years and years ago. So I understand how important the tips are. But, but it, it's worth a conversation to see if you change things. Would that attract more candidates? Would that help retain people? It, it's a question that should be asked and looked at.
Um, we understand from uh, all the, the research people have been doing since the pandemic that women definitely have not returned to the workforce the way that they were before the pandemic. We still see women staying at home, taking care of the family still, being there for the kids. You know, again, the change in priorities. So there's still a great opportunity to, re to, to bring women back to the workforce. Um, and, and a lot of that might be, you know, hours that are school hours, you know, um, having more evenings off. Um, again, you'll have to really go back and look at your schedules and figure out what the needs are and what you can do different. Um, but that's something you might consider um, because we do understand that women are still choosing not to come back full force into the workforce, mostly because of their family commitments. That's, uh, and it's not just kids, it's, it's the aging adults, it's their parents. I mean, I, for one, I have an 85 year old mother and a 91 year old mother-in-law and it's falling on me to make sure these, these ladies get to their medical appointments, to make sure they're, I'm doing their bank accounts. I'm doing everything for them. It's falling on me, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's fallen on my shoulders to take care of them from that aspect. So, gee, how do you provide a more flexible position for these individuals that are having these, again, work-life challenges and needs, okay? Um, a question has been always asked of me about our teenagers. And I, you know, I, I would love to see more teenagers come back into the workforce. I, the, the truth of it, a lot of companies are not hiring teenagers. They're staying away because of our labor laws. The labor laws are pretty tough. They just don't like, they don't have a lot of flexibility. Um, make yourself aware of what those labor laws are. You can go to the Washington Department of Labor and, you know, type in teenage or uh, minor hiring, minor employees, and you will see uh, what the labor laws are that you have to be in compliance with for hiring teenagers. I, I definitely don't recommend hiring anybody under 16. Um, and that is because it's, it's, those are really tight, um, tight labor laws that you need to be in compliance with. But definitely 16, 17 year olds, you know, they, they deserve their first shot at work and maybe there's something that you can do for them. And again, flexibility, look at that scheduling. Is there anything you can hire them for that allows them to make some extra cash, get some work experience under their belt and also serve and provide value to your organization? It's worth looking at, but I definitely know that fewer and fewer companies are, are going that route um, just because it's so tough. So um, I shared it before. I'll share it again. Look at your wages and benefits. Ask your employees from a benefit standpoint, what are they looking for? What are they needing? What are they wanting you to consider? Okay. For a lot of people in hospitality, it is just, I'd like benefits. I would like employee health benefits. Find yourself a broker, and I got a few I could recommend, who will sit down and talk with you about how you can structure employee benefits, healthcare options that maybe you can afford as well as your employee. So, you know, think outside the box. Think about doing something different. But it's, it's, it's time now, if you haven't had this conversation in a while, if you haven't looked at it, I definitely recommend that you do that now 
And also take a real look at your wages. Go out there and do market research to find out what your competition is paying and what you need to pay in order to attract the best and the brightest, but also keep the best and the brightest that you already have. Okay. Um, celebrate success. Celebrate whatever successes come your way. Is it a, is it a customer compliment? Um, is it, you know, maybe an article in, a, in the newspaper or online that, you know, that, you know, you had rave reviews? Um, celebrate. Celebrate people's successes. It might even be, you know, hey, you had an employee who finished a marathon. Let's celebrate that. But go out there and celebrate the work that you do, um, the people that work for you. And that all helps make things a best place to work, right? And that's what your employees want and need from you. They need and want to be associated to a best place to work. Whether you go for that acknowledgement on the Puget Sound Business Journal or not, that, that's not the point. It's creating your own best place to work based on what your employees tell you, based on your employees' feedback and what it is that they need and want from you. Again, that's why you need that employee survey. Find out what your employees, what it looks like from your employees for them to say, hey, this is the best place to work. Have them identify that, not you, okay? And then finally, you know, I'll just leave it on a invest in your employees, invest in their training, have a strong onboarding program. Okay. Onboarding is about a week or two, if not longer, give them a buddy to work with, make sure that they understand the history of your organization, make sure that they have quick access to the frequently asked questions that your clients have. So they're going to look knowledgeable. Um, quicker um, by having that information. And it's not, you know, again, people need things in writing. They need a handout that they can refer to. You know, maybe there's 20 frequently asked questions that clients have. Give, put that into a handout that you go over and you train every employee to. And so that they understand that when this question is asked, this is their response. That adds great pride to them. That makes them feel better about who they are. Okay. Um, what other training and development opportunities can you provide them? You know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's teaching them how to cook one of the dishes, one of your most famous dishes that you're known for, um, you know, tasting menus, um, education on wine, um, all that adds incredible value to employees and they want to be associated with that. So with that, you know, um, I, that's what I have for you today. I hope you have found it to be interesting and of value. Um, as we shared with you, this has been pre-recorded. Um, so if you have any questions for me, you can reach out to me at my office. Here on this slide is our number. Uh, you can also reach out to me by uh, emailing me at contact us at allthings-hr.com. Our client relations manager is always on the lookout uh, and takes those questions in and she'll make sure they get forwarded on to me. And then just a little bit about All Things HR. You know, All Things HR, part of Washington Hospitality, and uh, we are greatly, uh, greatly enjoy being with your association. Um, our help desk is um, available from Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our HR consultants, they rotate. Uh, they, they have a help desk day every other week. 
Um, so you don't necessarily get the same person every single day, um, but you do get somebody who's knowledgeable. And if they're not knowledgeable on a question that you're asked, they are very much aware of who they need to go to to get that question answered for them. So uh, go through Washington, uh, your, um, uh, your representative, and they'll put you in contact with us. But I just wanted you to know we're there. We can do lots of things. We can help with writing handbooks. We can help write uh, training and development, anything that falls under the realm of HR. Uh, we, we charge you by the hour. Um, there's no, you don't have to sign up for, you know, a set fee, annual fee or a monthly fee. Everything's done a la carte and by the hour. Um, so that hopefully it's a more affordable uh, for you. But anyway, just wanted to share a little bit about our company with us, uh, with you. And then on that, just wanted to thank you for attending. I wanted to leave you with a quote, uh, something to think about, if you will. Uh, hire an attitude, not just experience and qualification. Hire for that attitude and really assess that attitude, the can do, the will do, the want, the desire when you're interviewing people. Again, you're looking for somebody who loves to serve, who wants to serve, not somebody who just wants a job uh, doing something to pay the bills. You, you need somebody who wants to do more. Um, so hopefully with that, uh, quote, that gives you again, something to think about. And with that, thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing whatever feedback you have for me. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This has been a very informative webinar. Thanks again to our sponsors, Group Purchasing Solutions. And, you know, if you do have, want to get in touch with Susan, reach out to your territory manager and let them know and they can put you in touch. And Thanks for that, listening thank to the you Washington so much, and Hospitality we'll Industry Podcast. Thank you. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.